happening? I, Meredith, I want to know so much about you. I, because I know so little, like I know that I know about the song and I want to get to that. But before that, I want to just talk about which you have probably, you tell this story all the time, but like your journey towards being an advocate for anti-bullying. So I, okay. So I went viral on YouTube. Um, Ironically, prior to that, I was, was modeling and then got discovered. And then the song celebrity um, turned me into someone who like was recognized in the street. And that was really crazy. Prior to modeling, I was bullied relentlessly, like Mm. to the point of abuse and called ugly and verbally bullied, physically bullied every form you could imagine. And how old were you then Meredith? Like people will ask like, how old was I when I was bullied? But unfortunately the answer is like from second grade up until I was pretty much. Yeah. It was, I have pretty, um, you know, but it, it taught me things, you know, in fact, you know, you could imagine that like once I had this hit on YouTube and, and like things changed drastically, like it was, it wasn't like I was popular in school and then became popular on the, on the internet. It was like, I was like hated for reasons I still don't know to, to see, you know, having this unique experience of, of like a viral sensation. And it was almost like, it was definitely, you know, so part of me was very much afraid to um, let my identity of like the, of like the unpopular kid be seen by the world. Part of me thought that getting bullied was my fault. Part of me thought, actually all of me thought that, you know, they called me ugly, this, that, and the other thing, because I was, you know, when you're like six years old or seven years old or whatever, and for years and years and years, you're facing this form of verbal abuse every single day. It's, especially by your peers who you, who you care about, like their opinions, it's easy to believe it's, it's easy to, you know, fall into almost a Stockholm syndrome of, or, you know, this fishbowl of like, well, everybody's saying I'm this horrible person. Like they're right. I must've done something wrong until you you realize like I'm talented. I'm not an idiot. And was it the, was it the hit that made you realize it? Or like, how did you start to realize that about yourself? Well, actually, ironically, the hit was a very, um, obviously an external form of praise, you know? And so that was sort of uh, just weird. That was like, let me, let me hide who I was. Let me hide this, this story of mine because everyone thinks I'm cool now. Like, this is so, this is so weird. Right. And then. Oh, so you had to have like a mask of like, no, I've always been cool. I'm cool. And I've always been cool. (laughs) It was sort of like, it was sort of like, well, the same reason I, I didn't want to tell family members about bullying. It was embarrassing. It was, it was, the mentality that it was my fault and that made it all the worse. So, so I still had that mentality. It was actually not until the song. um, So once, once I had that following, I realized that I had a chance to, like, I grew up watching pop stars be perfect and cool and stuff that I wasn't in school. And I felt alone. I felt like the weirdest kid on the face of the earth and nobody related to me. And then I, and then I said, well, wait a minute now in a way I am the pop singer in some kids eyes. And, you know, some people, so what if I became a relatable one for kids like me who have no other role models who have no other, you know, and this is like seven years ago before the anti-bullying movement was as big as it it is now. Um, So there, there weren't people talking about bullying as much. And I said, well, well, these, some people look up to me. What if I'm like, the person that lets them know they're not alone. So that was sort of why I did it. I didn't expect um, a lot of people to 
write to me. I didn't expect hundreds of thousands of messages saying like I was bullied too, or, you know what I mean? Like I faced depression or like in my case, I had OCD, um, which I still haven't spoken much about. I just, I didn't expect it to strike a chord with so many people. And that was sort of when I learned like, maybe it's the people bullying. Maybe it's the one, the perpetrators that are at fault and not the, not the victim. You know, it was sort of this awakening. It was like, you know, I didn't have to hate myself all these years. And that sort of was really resonated with me. And that was, was not only did it resonate with me, but it, I also became very much like, wow, all millions of people in the world are suffering and they don't have to. Millions of people are in the world think they're the only ones getting bullied and they're isolated and scared and feel alone, but they're not. So that sort of, to be honest, the idea for this project was um, stemmed from meet and greet after meet and greet where I met fan after fan and person after person saying like, I'm bullied too. And and then the bullying movement itself growing, meeting other artists and, and have, seeing the music industry at mm-hmm. first tell me wouldn't be profitable to them realizing a lot of people connect with it. So now luckily it's gotten support from executives and other celebrities are wonderful. They're, I've gotten to work with some of the best people in the industry who really care about this message. So I, I am very excited about the, the growth of this movement. Did you have a certain moment? I mean, does it crystallize as a moment where you said to yourself, like, I'm okay. It's this other side that is not okay. Like what made you sort of have that realization? Um, to, well, actually it sort of started modeling was the first seed of that because I, uh, a lot of times people, you know, there were, there are pressures in the modeling industry and, and, um, it's not all like sunshine and happiness, of course, but for me, you know, being the girl that was told she's ugly every single day to being paid for their looks in a campaign, Amazing. it was, it, to me, that was really cool. You know, and I, and I did meet other people who were modeling that were also bullied, you know, like think about it, the tall kid in school, right. stand right. up, right. perfect or target, the you know, features that then like grow but, into like a beautiful feature. Like exactly. I don't know if Julia Roberts was like so beautiful, but she's got like really big features, you know, she has, yeah, it, it's, it's being, and, and, and talking about physical appearances. Yeah. A lot of times models will have unique features and they'll get bullied for that. Or, you know, people who become billionaires get bullied for the things that made them billionaires. Um, Bill Gates is one of my favorite examples. Um, I'm a big Bill Gates fan. I'm obsessed. (laughs) Bill Gates is like, I hope to meet him one day because I'm like, I have mentioned you in so many speeches. You don't even. (laughs) I bet you do. I just heard a talk with him. You know, it's funny because I work in the tech industry and years ago, Bill Gates was seen as like the bad guy. And now I'm like, Bill Gates is incredible. I don't, he's just so incredible. What a leader. Well, see, the thing is, I don't know that, I mean, just from, just from the optics of what he does as a public figure yes. to, um, to his, to his acknowledgement of being weird and different. Like to me, it was, I got made fun of for my looks and then I became a model, which was the first time I started to be like, wait a minute. I'm actually like, what if they're wrong about you know, what a cool, what a cool story. Um, the thing that makes you awkward and sets you apart is the, also the, the thing that sets you apart. Exactly. Thank you. I'm like, so that's sort of become my um, mission because, you know, it's just, I see, it's so sad to see people that are like these beautiful potential flowers um, give up on themselves yes. you know, or, or like, you know what I mean? When they have this unique feature that of course gets stomped on to no end, but if maybe they hear my song, just the thing, they'll say, wow, I'm weird, but that's okay. In fact, yes. that's going to be successful one day. And um, 
So that's became like my whole mission for a while with anti-bullying, like just embrace your differences instead of hate them. Um, what? Um, so tell me about the song. What? When is this? Like, we I know that the release date is still being decided, yeah. but how did this come to be? Like, what made you decide yeah, yeah. okay this now? I have actually. What's funny is I've had, gosh, for years I've been. You know, I've worked with some incredible people. Um, you know, like Garrett Clayton and I did this duet, and he's awesome. And I saw how passionate he was about this anti-bullying movement. And then I realized there were so many other people who were passionate about this mental health movement um, that I really, it struck a chord with me for so many reasons. And I said, why don't, you know, since we're not alone, since, you know what I mean? Since I felt, since I learned that I was not the only, not only do millions of kids around the world experience it, but there are other, you know, there are other role models out there that were not always on a pedestal or we're not always in a position of comfort, power, and security. Sometimes like they suffered a lot too. And the beauty of connecting everyone in a song, I think is, is really just proof that um, the same way that a little girl who hears my music may feel less alone. Like if we have like 10 celebrities or, you know, from all over the world and all different countries, maybe that'll really amplify the fact that like, wow, I really am not alone. And the reason that not being alone, I think, is helpful is because it's scary to be anxious or depressed or whatever you're going through and not know that others have Well, and you're so that. stuck in your head, right? Like, you have yeah. no perspective on anything. It's it's kind of like the core thing about anxiety is you have no sense that – you have just have no perspective. You have no connection to anyone else's experience. You can't or, actually know how they feel. Yeah. 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 You can't. And, and, or, you know, you might give up on yourself. You may not know you can get better. You may not know help is available. You know um, there's all sorts of things you don't know. And and you get in your head instead of seeing, as you said, like other people out there that have experienced it. Um, it's almost like you have to, with brute force, believe other people have experienced it. Other people are experiencing this other, like, yeah. I, it's like you, you have to almost just have faith that that's true. Cause it's so hard. You can't feel what they're feeling. Cause you don't know what they Well, exactly. I mean, well, you, you can't get inside anybody else's head. Exactly. And, and there's all different experiences that people go through like OCD, PTSD. Which yeah, you, I have said, you mentioned that you had a PTSD um, sort of moment recently, right? Is that true? Well, like, I haven't really talked much about the details of my experiences to the media or to the world or on TV or anything like that. But I think it's important that I do um, only because learning my about having, you know, OCD is probably since age 13 um, impacted me the most. Um, recently, PTSD has has been, which is a which is a separate story. But but OCD is um, something that once I learned, like others had it, once I learned it was a thing. And once, for instance, if you have a friend that thinks they're crazy or hopeless or this or that. Intrusive thoughts, right? I mean, that's the thing that most kids don't realize. Like, I am not the only one that has intrusive thoughts. And intrusive thoughts, by the way, just in case people are not knowing what that is, means that you um, may have like a fluttering thought across your mind. Like, what if I were to, you know, be violent all of a sudden? And then you just keep That's going with it. There's, yeah, there's so many. And sometimes it could even be like, like, don't think of the black dog, you know, and then you think of the first, you know, or um, for no reason at all. And, and you just get afraid of certain thoughts and they come into your head and then and, and to learn other people get better from that, to learn other people have that is, is makes it less embarrassing. It makes it, you know, that's um, the first step to, to eliminating a stigma. Now, PTSD, 
um, is something like I personally, you know, I overcame, I overcame cause I still deal with it, but I, I overcame the crippling OCD in adolescence, then just started doing world tours and becoming going from being an underachiever to an overachiever. And it was so cool to learn that I can do stuff, right? Like, I mean, imagine, imagine having your own mind stop you. And then you realize you can get rid of that. Like it's so powerful. It's like you climbed a mountain. What made you able to like how, what were some of the paths that helped you with OCD? So, okay. For me, I, I, I swear by CBT and therapy, but that was just my, you know, experience. It's different. You know, I, I, I think that going to, um, you know, getting, getting what you need in terms of therapy, whether it's, you know, nowadays because of, you know, one thing that came out of COVID is, is therapy is, um, easily is more easy to get to online, which, which I think is really important. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, so so that was really, I, I was just lucky that my parents at age 13 were really supportive and, and adamant towards me getting that help because that's sort of first and foremost, the reason I was able to like live and function. Um, and it, and it's as simple as that. So, so recently, like I, you know, have, having a condition, whether it's OCD, whether it's depression, whether it's something that's chronic and you have to live with, um, I've personally learned and experienced the consequences of not managing your mental health. And, you know, I've overcome some tough stuff in terms of OCD, but along my work, things have gotten really hectic. And I, in case you haven't noticed, haven't posted in a year. I've been, um, I've had to, I've learned that I have PTSD as well. And I've had to be a little bit more on top of managing the things that, um, or the responses that I have to things that might trigger stress or anxiety. Yes. yes. Um, it's, it's so smart of you too. I mean, it's, it's a model for other people, hopefully that, these actions are super important to take, whether it be stay off social media for a while or, you know, being very intentional about how you engage with others, you know? Exactly. Exactly. It was, it became, you know, it became the kind of situation where I went from learning, like managing OCD and then becoming, you know, successful in the music space um, was awesome. It was fun. It was inspiring. It encouraged me to keep going, but it also, (laughs) I forgot that, it was something that had to be maintained. And I guess it, it became easy to forget that when I, you know, um, I guess I want to say what, uh, six years later, the second world tour is happening and I'm having panic attacks and yeah. I'm freaking out or whatever you, the language people will, will attach to that is. And I, uh, you know, my boyfriend has been there with me through it all. And he was really, he's been, uh, it's just, it's the loved ones, people in your life will see. It's so important. Oh my goodness. And I was going to say like, as you're getting better, better, better and better known, it must be harder to figure out like, where are my trusted people? Like who are the people that know how to help me and take care of me? Exactly. Yeah. Start getting involved in like being financially dependent on you and all this other stuff. So Right. Or, or why are they my friend? Why are they, you yeah. know, I, I think that's also part of why I wanted to date, date. I wanted to be around people that weren't necessarily involved in show business. Yeah. It was sort of like a, I don't know. It's, it's just getting more in touch with going, my family being in New York, being with people that have nothing to do with entertainment um, and studying, going to Fordham and studying mental health. And, and it's just, it's really been a, a something I, I definitely did need, I think. That's so cool. What, how, what are you studying exactly? 
it, you, you do, you get a license and, and you learn sort of like the, um, the mechanisms of, of different pathologies. Do you think that eventually you would um, move into like professional mental That's health right. treatment? Well, the thing is, I've actually, since I was 13, I've always wanted to become a psychologist. And then I, I realized that through YouTube and through my fans and yeah. through the label, I had this opportunity to do it on a macro level. But um, I didn't want to not go to college. I've always wanted to be educated, um, especially since I've had ADHD and was told I was stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> institutionally and by peers my whole life. So I that was also part of it. But um because of my platform, because of my audience, because of the psychologists that have shared the stage with me, I, I, and because of the fans that have said my songs have saved and changed their lives. I mean, I felt like it's my responsibility really to also, when I go to school, study this. I think you've done just such an incredible job of like, at such a young age, getting in touch with the things that help not just you feel better, but understand that helping others helps you feel better too. I mean, that's just amazing. Thank you. It's something I, I learned about myself when I became um, like when I was when I spoke at universities too, like the TED talk, the United, the UN talk, um, just interacting with fans, the messages, the everything became this rewarding experience more so than um, more so than the pop industry at times. I always have this moment in the podcast where I ask whether you have anything that you'd like to talk about. And maybe OCD was it that you haven't had a chance to talk about in other places like anything that's important to you that you want to share yeah I mean well I I spoke I speak a lot about um but people know me as an anti-bullying activist and I think it is important to um share you know why I sort of stepped away from the spotlight for a while why I um needed that break and also why it's so important for me to to talk about mental health um because I could see what it could do if, if I'm treated but I also have seen what it does when treated so that, that's pretty much it. Um, what is your latest win? I always end the podcast by asking, like, has anything happened lately? It could be tiny. It could be huge that you just, you're feeling really great about. Probably my realization, my real, recent realization um, on how to prioritize and how to know what's important and the fact that I'm not necessarily as stuck in the state of anxiety as I thought I was um, just to not give up on yourself. And that's something I've been very proud of about. You should be. You and this is not alone. Thank you, by the way, for all your to time. prioritize for people with anxiety is massive. It is like the it is, it takes so many, it took me so many years to figure that out. So that is a huge win. Um, I just want to thank you so much, Meredith, for the work you do and for taking the time to talk and share a little bit about your story. I mean, I really appreciate you talking about things you don't normally talk about. Um, I know it's vulnerable to, to share about that stuff. So I really appreciate that. Really. Thank you for what you do too. I mean, your platform, that's why I wanted to you know, speak with you. Your platform is so important and incredible that I, um, I'm really happy to, to be a part of it. So thank you. You know what? It's a two Meredith power situation. I was going to say, I mean, Meredith talking about mental health is, is going to help people (laughs) regardless of which Meredith it is. (laughs) 